Hallelujah. Uh, <laughs> we have something special today. Uh, Rob, will you please come up? This is Rob Kennedy. Uh, we kind of introduced him a couple of months ago, a month and a half ago. And uh, Rob and his wife, Jennifer, you didn't bring your mother-in-law to stay with you, did you? <laughs> no, no, okay. but, uh, but she could because she's going to offer. Well, yeah, but that work stuff wears off, and then they start to yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, anyway, <laughs> anyway, uh, he won't say that. So uh, Rob has come. He's going to be on our staff, and his only mission is to help us transform our church into a soul-winning church. Not that I look. We have great people. We are living victorious lives, and, and we are living lives dedicated and committed to Christ. But I see in the a church, not just this church, all over the world, just a lack of evangelism. And so I told Rob my heart. I'm a, I'm a soul winner, and uh, I pastor, but I, I love souls. I love to see them saved. I wouldn't do what I'm doing. Uh, getting home all hours of the night from other countries and flying for two days at a time one way and sleeping in gosh you know wherever and uh, eating whatever for money. There's not enough money to do that or we, Eric and I would quit. Uh, but I believe that we are living in one of the greatest harvest times of the world. Amen. I do. I believe that. And uh, so... I want you to be as equipped as much as I possibly can equip you so that we can see what God wants us to do. Uh, I was giving that illustration about just telling that young man just how to win people to Jesus. Now, he is the son of a pastor, and, uh, but he didn't know about winning people to Jesus. Well, one, two people in one day. If he did that for one year, his dad would have 700 members in his church, Amen. new people in his church. So we want to be soul winners. And uh, so Rob and Jennifer have come, and they're going to uh, begin to be a part of our congregation. I want you to get to know him. I want you to get involved with him. And uh, I also want you to be involved in your own evangelistic ministry in your communities because people are hungry. People are broken. People are discouraged. People are distraught. People are scared. But Jesus is their answer. And so if we will work together as a congregation and accept Rob into our lives in a, a voice that we believe is leading us into what God wants us to do, then we're going to see thousands get saved. Your family is going to be saved, your friends, your neighbors, people you don't know are going to be saved. And that's what it's all about. Remember, we have to go ye unto all the world, not the world come unto ye. Amen? So Rob is going to preach today. He just got in. Uh, he was still kind of unpacking yesterday or relaxing that meant you was watching your mother-in-law and jennifer do it so uh they were shopping I, hey hello they were shopping lord yeah. what is wrong with you you yeah. let your mother-in-law take your money and go yeah. with her daughter and all they brought home with new clothes they were going to the grocery store six hours later they came oh, back <laughs> yeah hallelujah so uh yeah. rob lives on uh saint mary's and he lives by boat dock and people that were coming by fishing they said your dock is the best place to fish on this lake. So if you want to go to Rob's, he only charges $10 as a uh, pass-by. 
and he gives you a church discount. You can get it for $8. You can go over there and catch all kinds of fish. So if they start asking for your address, watch that guy right there on the front row, Steve. Yeah, he'd, he'd be catching all those fish. Now, so uh, let's just give uh, Rob a good round of applause. to come. And Rob, you can introduce Jennifer. Yes. And okay? Yes. God bless you, man. Amen. Well, I got to tell you, that's, uh, that's, that's kind of a tall order, isn't it? I'm coming up here to win thousands of souls. <laughs> yeah, that's my beautiful wife, Jennifer, right down there. She's my helpmate and partner in the gospel enterprise. And uh, you want to say anything, Jen? No, you're good? Okay. <laughs> Well, I tell you what, we moved all the way from St. Petersburg, Florida to St. Mary's, Ohio. But uh, uh, it's 80, 80, 90 degrees down there, and it's a blizzard up here. But <laughs> not for you guys, but uh, it's been pretty cold. But it's been awesome. So we're so excited. I, I'm just really excited about what God is going to do. Amen? Turn me in your Bibles to John chapter 12. There's a lot in this text. Not sure everywhere I'm going to go, but uh, pastor called me last night to preach, <laughs> but I'm ready, hallelujah, that's why I'm here, amen, when you get there, say amen, we're going to pray, all right, let's pray, Father God, we just thank you for your word, that it's alive, it's true, it transforms, it's living, Lord, we come to your word this morning, and we, as we open it, I pray, Jesus, that you become flesh once again. Walk in and amongst us, Lord. Reveal yourself to hearts. Open blind eyes. Unstop deaf ears. Let us hear your word, Lord. Speak this morning in Jesus' name. Lord, we yield ourselves, and we submit ourselves to your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Jesus, at this point, and um, uh, Pastor Kylan had read the text for Jesus' triumphant entry. And that's where we are this week. That's what we're celebrating. But sandwiched in between the triumphant entry, there's all kinds of stuff that's happening. There's all, all kinds of things that are taking place. But Jesus is on a mission. How many know that? He's on a gospel mission. And that everything that he is doing is very calculated. Everything that he is doing, he is doing purposefully with intent. He is not missing a step. He's not missing a beat. He is marching towards the cross that he knows he must bear. He is, he is marching with a mission, the mission of the Father to save the world. Amen? That, that, talk about a task. <laughs> That's the task he had. But this is where he's at. And, and in Matthew and Mark and, and Luke, in, in the triumphant entry text, they, 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 they give us all kinds of details. But John doesn't go into it very much because John's concentrating on something other than the palm branches and, and, and all of the things that go on with the triumphant entry. Um, and he's doing it for a reason. John is writing to show the, the, how Jesus is about to be glorified, that Jesus is the resurrection and the life, that Jesus is the truth. He is the reason that God has come. He is God in flesh, amen, and that he is coming to set a wrong world right again. That's what Jesus has come to do. And all of this happens after the raising of Lazarus from the dead. Isn't that amazing? That's Jesus' last great miracle that he's going to perform. He's going to raise a man from the dead. He's going to speak to a tomb and say, live. That's what Jesus does every time someone is born again. 
He raises dead men today. Amen? That's what Jesus does. But this gets the religious indignant because many people turn and follow Jesus because Lazarus was raised from the dead. And how many know that a living testimony can do more, right? How many in here has been raised from the dead? God has raised you from the dead. I know I have, right? I once was blind, but now I see. Jesus has raised me from the dead. And that alone, that testimony, that witness, and, and it says here in John chapter 12, uh, starting in verse 9, it says, Now a great many of the Jews knew that he was there and that he came, not for Jesus' sake only, but that they might see Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. Oh, that people would come out to see us. That people would come and see us. And bear witness to us how Jesus has raised us from the dead and took a broken life and transformed it and healed it. Amen. So they see this. They come to also see Lazarus. But the chief priests plotted to put Lazarus to death also. They wanted to kill a man that was already dead that was raised from the dead. <laughs> That's what they wanted to do. They Not only did they plot to kill Jesus, the guy who raises the dead. Isn't that funny? How do you kill someone who has power over death? Now, they know he's already came and raised a man from the dead. And yet they're plotting to kill him. Because Jesus has turned the world upside down. He's changing everything. Right? And Lazarus, because he's been raised from the dead, well, we've got to kill him too. <laughs> and that's their reasoning. They're trying to kill those who have conquered death. Right? So Lazarus then, it says, but the chief priest plotted to put Lazarus in, because on the account of him, many of the Jews went away and believed in Jesus. I love that. That's so powerful. Because of what God did in Lazarus' life through Jesus, many believed. Amen? How many are believing because of how we live? How many are believing in Jesus because of our testimony, our lifestyle, our witness? Amen? And then it says, the next day, a great multitude had come to the feast when they heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem. They took branches of palm trees and they went out to meet him. They cried out, Hosanna! I love that. That word, that word means save now, O God. Save. That's what they're crying out for. Salvation! Everyone knows they need to be saved. They might not know how or why or who's going to do it, but everyone instinctually knows that they have a sin problem, that they have an issue. <laughs> the depravity of men's hearts always gives us away. And, and, and Jesus is coming, and they begin to cry out, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, the King of Israel. Hallelujah. And, and they're, they're quoting Psalms 118 and Zechariah 9, 9. They're pulling all the Old Testament law and prophets together. And they're declaring and they're speaking, Jesus, the Messiah, the hope of Israel, save. Save now, Hosanna. Oh, that we would get a fire burning in Ohio. That we would get a fire where people in our city streets will begin to cry out, save God. Come now, blessed be the name of the Lord. Save how many are looking forward to that? You see, when I look across this congregation, you know what I see? I see, I see, I see, the, I see soul winners. I see potential harvesters. 
Amen. I was telling my wife as we were driving in, we were talking about the church being in, a, in, in the harvest field. And, and that prophetic word came this morning. And, and we're like, it is not a coincidence that God is sending us up from Florida to win souls in the midst of harvest. In the midst of fields. Amen. God has poised and positioned this church to reach this, this, this state. Your towns, your city, your townships, your villages. He's come to reach this place, but also reach the nations. And you already are doing that through your pastor and through many here, but God wants to do it through all of us. God wants to raise up an army that will win the loss, that will become firebrands for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. I'm, I'll be 45 next week. I didn't make the little, the little uh, uh, blessing, but maybe next Sunday. <laughs> I'm joking. But I am more passionate about the gospel now than I've ever been. I've been preaching since I was 19, or 26, 19 years, but I am, I am more passionate for the gospel now than I've ever been. Because as time grow, cl closes in, and as we see the days get darker, our hearts, our hearts must burn hotter for the gospel of Jesus. Amen. Amen? We've all heard what John Wesley famously said. They said, how do you get people to come? He said, I set myself on fire, and people come from everywhere to watch me burn. Amen. How many, how many want to get on fire for Jesus? Set this city on fire. Set this state on fire for the gospel of Jesus. Amen. Holly, I'm getting all way ahead of myself, but I don't have much time. So, <laughs> so yeah, they're, they're crying out. And it says in verse 14, then Jesus, when he had found a young donkey, he sat on it as is written, fear not, daughter of Zion. Behold, your king is coming, sitting on a donkey's colt. Hallelujah. How many know that, pastor said this, that go ye into all the nations. We are living in a day in between the incarnation of Jesus and the great parousia, the second coming of Jesus. We're living in the days of the go. We're not living in the days of sit, wait. Right? No, we're living in the days of the go. Go where? Everywhere everywhere. I remember I had a pastor was inviting me to India, and I said, well, I have to pray about that, whether I should go or not. He said, Jesus already said go. <laughs> he, said, he said, go into all the nations. So he's already handled that. Now you do your part. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. Many of us are wondering what to do with our lives. What can I do with my life? God, give me purpose. Give me destiny. Give me a hope. Give me a vision. What if God has already given us a purpose and a destiny and a vision? What if God has already told every one of us what to do? What if he's already written it? Go ye into all the world and make disciples of all nations. Amen. Baptizing in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded. And lo, I'm with you always to the end of the age. There's no greater mission than that. There's no greater purpose than that, than a life that is given to the task of winning souls and making disciples and training leaders to do the same thing. Amen? Hallelujah. So Jesus, as, he's, as his disciples, verse 16, it says, the disciples did not understand these things. I love this because they were so clueless. <laughs> and, and, and you know what? We can be clueless too at times. 
And it takes a while for it to get to ring true, to come alive in us. But here they are. It says, they did not understand these things at first, but when Jesus was glorified. That means way, this, after he's crucified, buried, and raised from the dead, and who knows really how long when they're writing this, that, that all of a sudden now it, it's all making sense. That's why this happened. That's why Jesus said this. And, and, and we get to be on this side of it, so there is no guessing. Guesswork, right? But it says, it says, but when Jesus was glorified, then they remembered that these things were written about him and that they had done these things to him. Therefore, the people who were with him when he called Lazarus out of his tomb and raised him from the dead bore witness. Hallelujah. Well, that would gather a crowd, wouldn't it? Raising the dead. That'll gather a crowd. It was a lot of spectators there that day. A lot of people wondering, is he really the Messiah? Is he really the one that the prophets foretold? Is this Jesus going to liberate us and set us free from Roman occupation? Is this Jesus going to sit on the throne and take his place and rule Israel once and for all? That's their, that was their expectation. That was their hope. They were looking for a Messiah to ride in and conquer and set them free and establish his kingdom. They did not know that Jesus was taking them all to a cross. They did not know that the crown would be a crown of thorns. Amen? Amen. They did not know that his throne would be a, a cross. And that ultimately it would be a place of intercession at the right hand of the Father. But this is what Jesus knew. Jesus knew all the time. That he was showing the world that he was the resurrection and the life. That he was coming for one purpose and one purpose only. To destroy the works of the devil. That's why Jesus appeared. To destroy the works of the devil. Hallelujah. That just gets me excited. And, and you know what? He did. He went to the cross and he crushed the head of Satan. And he rose triumphantly on the third day. And he destroyed the works of the devil. That means that everything that the devil is placing on you and trying to do to you and trying to do to us and trying to do to this church to thwart the mission, trying to steal your life, has already been taken care of through the cross of Jesus. Every sin, sickness, and disease, everything has been wiped away by the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. So Jesus, it says, for this reason, the people also met him out, verse um, 18, because they heard that he had done this sign. What sign? The raising of Lazarus. And that's, it's interesting how John, that's where he goes in, the, in this triumphant entry. He's going to the resurrection. He's focusing on Lazarus. He's sandwiched in between and how the religious are now plotting to kill Jesus, but also Lazarus. They don't like what's happening at all. Miracles always cause the religious to become indignant. But the desperate, we get ecstatic. <laughs> yeah. Amen. And it says this. It says, for this reason, the people also went, verse 19, then the Pharisees therefore said among themselves, you see that you are accomplishing nothing. Look, the world has gone after him. Oh, that the world would go after Jesus. <laughs> the world now. They knew they were losing control. The crowds got too big. They want to kill Jesus. They want to kill Lazarus. But the crowds have gotten too big. They're crying out for salvation. They're looking for hope. They're crying out to Jesus to come and set them free. Amen. The world has gone after Jesus. And then it says, I love this. Next part. It's very important that we pay attention to this. Verse 20. 
It says, now there were certain Greeks among those who came up to worship at the feast. You got the, the Jews that are, have ex, messianic expectation. You got the Pharisees wanting to kill Jesus. You got the desperate crowds looking for hope. And then you got Greeks. <laughs> you got the Greeks showing up, the Gentiles. It's very important that this text is here because this is where it goes. It says, there were certain Greeks among those who came up to worship the feast and they came to Philip who was from Bethsaida of Galilee and they asked him saying, sir, we wish to see Jesus. Hallelujah. We wish to see Jesus. And then uh, it says, Philip came and told Andrew and then in turn, Andrew and Philip told Jesus. But Jesus answered them saying, the hour has come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Hallelujah. The hour has come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Most assuredly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. He who loves his life will lose it, and he who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Hallelujah. If anyone serves me, let him follow me, and where I am, there my servant will be also. And if anyone serves me, him my Father will honor. What's very important for us to realize is following Jesus up to this point was not enough to save them. Being a disciple of Jesus, following his examples, doing the things that he did, sitting under his teaching, none of this saved them. Today, there's a lot of people who love the, to think of Jesus as a great moralizer, a great, great ethical teacher. <laughs> but if they would actually read the Gospels and the things that they said, they would not think he was so ethical when he tells you to hate your life and your, you know, your, your children and your wife and, and, and be prepared to leave everything for his namesake. Amen? But, but Jesus is taking them somewhere because he's going to the cross that's why this is so important. So everyone up to this point, is, is, it's coming to a grand climax. They're coming up to the cross, to the point in time where history is divided between A, B, C, and A.D., right? They're coming up to the point where the cross differentiates and sets history apart. They're coming up to the place where Jesus Christ will be crucified. And he's taking everyone with him. He's on his way up to Jerusalem, just as he had prophesied and spoke to his disciples at least three times that we know of in the Gospels, and they still couldn't get it. But they're all following. So where are we following Jesus if we're to follow Jesus? He tells us. If you're following Jesus, you're following him to a cross. Because that's the only way you can ever get to the resurrection. If there's no crucifixion, there's no resurrection. If there's no dying, there's no living. If you're not willing to die, you're not ready yet to live. And Jesus is taking all of them up to this point. They don't see it. They don't understand it. They don't get it. But he does. Greeks, Jews, it doesn't matter. Everyone is coming. You must hate your life for my sake. Those are hard words. That's not what they wanted to hear from a ruling king. <laughs> they wanted places on the they wanted places in the kingdom. They wanted they, they wanted to find their place, right? But he looks at his disciples and says, You must be willing to die. If you're following me, I'm going one place and I'm going to the cross. Then you must follow me there as well. 
I love that when Jesus calls us and he says, forsake all and follow me. I, I love that he doesn't give us the, all of it at once. <laughs> I mean, what I'm talking about. Peter dropped his nets and, and his fishing brothers and they dropped everything and followed Jesus immediately. But you know what's funny? It wasn't until at John chapter 21 that, that the disciples come and that Jesus looks at Peter and he tells them, you know, feed my sheep. And Peter doesn't like that. And then he gets and he tells them, Peter, one day, you know, when you're young, you dress yourself, you go where you want. But one day is coming where you don't dress yourself and you do not take yourself where you want to go. And it said he said that to signify what death he was going to die. See, Jesus didn't come up to Peter that day on the boat <laughs> and say, hey, Peter, drop your nets, follow me. You're going to die. <laughs> he, he gradually led him into it. <laughs> right? He gradually led them up to, to this revelation. He had to spend some time with them. But you, you know what's awesome? is Peter did. He followed through. Amen. And that's what he does with all of us. Some of you haven't been ready to win souls yet. Some of you are new, but I, I, I got to tell you something. If you are a follower of Jesus, if you're a disciple of Jesus, that means you must be about winning souls. Amen. Because Jesus wants obedient disciples. And he said to go and make disciples, teaching them to be obedient. And disciples who don't win souls are not obedient then we're not really being disciples, right? Because Jesus is looking for obedience. Amen? Amen? Wow. Hallelujah. So Jesus goes. He, know, he knows where he's going here. And he talks about this grain that falls to the ground and dies. It must, must remain alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. He who loves his life will lose it. And then he goes on. If anyone serves me, let him follow me. And where I am, there my servant will be. But here's what we must look at. Chapter, or verse 27, it says, Jesus says this, he says, my soul is troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour, but for this purpose I came for this hour. And we know the Garden of Gethsemane is coming up, and we, we know this, uh, this, the weight of our sin, the weight of what is about to transpire is on our Lord. And he says, Father, his soul is troubled, but what shall I say? Father, save me? No, it was for this reason I came. Hallelujah. Amen. And then he says, Father, glorify your name. And then a voice came from heaven saying, I have both glorified it and I will glorify it again. Hallelujah. He's speaking that which of the glory that he had in John chapter 17. Jesus begins to pray about those things. Um, and then it says here, therefore, the people stood by and heard it and they said that it had thunders, and others said an angel had spoke to him. And Jesus answered said, this voice did not come because of me, but for your sake. Isn't it funny that preachers can preach, Jesus can speak, the Father from, can speak from heaven, and everyone will hear a different thing? <laughs> not everyone's going to hear the voice of God. Not everyone is going to hear what you hear, Right? But Jesus said, this was spoken for your sake. And then he goes here, and then he, this is what he says. Now is the judgment of this world. That is so powerful. Now is the judgment of this world. Now the ruler of this world will be cast out. 
And I, if I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all peoples to myself. This, he said, signifying but by what death he would die. This voice did not come because of me, he said, but for your sake. And then he says, the world is judged. The cross does two things. It liberates and it judges. It liberates and it judges. You either accept its divine love and are compelled into it, or you reject it as truth and you remain in condemnation. And Jesus knows that this cross that he's going to, this glorification that he's about to experience through the resurrection is going to set the world free and it's going to judge the world at the same time. I'm absolutely convinced that this, this is true. That yes, we go into the Great Commission not just for obedience sake, although obedience is required. Not just because we love the lost, and yes, we do, and we want to see them saved. But we go because we have a zeal and a passion for the glory of Jesus Christ. And we want to see his name high and lifted up. We want to see the fame of who he is in every nation, tongue, tribe. We want to see every boy and girl and man and woman saved and transformed by the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It is the power of God unto salvation to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Hallelujah. The gospel is the power. You want power preach the gospel of Jesus Christ amen Jesus said if I am lifted up if I be lifted up I will draw all men unto me hallelujah all men unto me you may say well preacher I haven't seen all men brought up to Jesus I see them pass by the cross and look at it and say what is thou that you're passing by right I, I see people reject the cross all the time and this is what we must understand. All men are being drawn. And Ephesians 1.10 says that at this dispensation of the fullness of times, he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are in the earth, even in him. Jesus ascended at the right hand of the Father, gathering all things into himself. He said, if I be lifted up, will draw all men unto me. You're either coming in, you're either coming in and accepting divine mercy and grace and pardon and love, or you're rejecting the cross and you're coming under the judgment of it. You see, those that refuse the cross today will have to stand in front of the Bema seat later. Those that refuse the pardon and free gift of grace today will one day still stand before Jesus and give account at the great judgment. The cross judges the world. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son so that no one would have to perish, right? But so that we would have everlasting life just by believing in the eternal son. Jesus said, I didn't come into the world to, to condemn the world. He came to save the world. The world's condemned already. Oh, and that's why we don't preach a, a condemning gospel. People know they're condemned. We preach a liberating gospel, a gospel that saves and sets free, that bestows abundant life, that sets the captives at liberty, right? That's the gospel we proclaim. That's the gospel that Jesus proclaimed with his life and death. He said, if I am lifted up from the earth, 
I will draw all peoples, all peoples, every ethnic group on planet Earth is being drawn into Jesus. One day, everyone out of the seven billion people on the planet today, out of the billions that have lived before and the who knows how many it's going to live into the future, one day, every single person born on this planet will bow their knee and confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Everybody will confess Jesus Christ is Lord. Hallelujah. This day he came in not as a conquering king on a white stallion. He came in humbly on a colt. He came in to redeem and to save and to give his life a ransom for many. But one day he will return on that stallion with, with, with the name down his side, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Hallelujah. He will come and judgment will come forth out of his mouth. He will speak. Jesus is coming. Hallelujah. Jesus is coming. Time is short. Did you know that the Pentecostal church was birthed, birthed out of an eschatological moment in time where they seen that the soon return of Jesus was coming and that the tongues of fire would propel them to go into the nations to speak the language of peoples that's never heard the gospel? That's how we got about to be Pentecostals. We got about to be Pentecostals because we believed that the gifts of the Holy Spirit were for the carrying on of the mission and the work of Jesus and that we would get low before our face, get filled with power. Speak the word. Hallelujah. Declare it. Lay hands on the sick. Raise the dead. Cast out devils. Speak life. Hallelujah. And somehow though, time has chugged on and we've lost our flame. It's dwindled to a little a little coal, right? And Pentecostalism today doesn't look any different than most churches. You cross any Baptist threshold, Pentecostal threshold, Methodist threshold of the church and you won't see much difference. Maybe in the Baptist church you'll see a little more zeal. But I'm here to say today is the day that we would wake up to our Pentecostal roots and get a hold of the gospel with power and begin to preach the liberating good news of Jesus. The world needs the good news and you and I have the good news hallelujah hallelujah Jesus wants to use every single person in this church no matter your age to reach the lost to speak life to lay hands on the sick to cast out the devils to vanquish those spirits from your neighbors and your loved ones your friends and your family your kids hallelujah he wants to use you to lay hands on the sick in Walmart in Kroger and, and it doesn't matter where it is he wants you to get up out of a place of complacency and say Lord I want to be on mission I want to to preach the gospel, anoint me, appoint me, fill me, and send me. Hallelujah. When you and I get on fire for the gospel, this place will change. Hallelujah. We're in the right place. This is a soul winning church. Speak it today. I'm in a soul winning church. Hallelujah. Say this with me. I'm a soul winner. I'm filled with the Holy Ghost and power. I can lay hands on the sick. I can cast out devils. I speak in new tongues. Hallelujah. I'm going to preach the gospel to everyone. Hallelujah. Use me today, Lord. Use us today. Fill us today. 
Hallelujah. Count Zinzendorf, who's one of my heroes, he lived a few centuries ago. He, he was a count, had a lot of money. He got saved. He's, a, he's the guy who kind of started the Moravian movement, and, uh, which was a powerful movement that John Wesley got saved under. And, and, and he, he said this. He said, every heart without Christ is a mission field. And every heart that has Christ is a missionary. Oh, that that would be our motto. That every heart without Christ we would see as a mission field. And that we would know since we have Christ, we contain the hope of the world. Hallelujah. That we would take this gospel everywhere. And then he also said this. He said, I have but one passion. It is he. It is he alone. The world is the field and the field is the world. And henceforth, that country shall be my home where I could be most used in winning souls for Christ. Hallelujah. And I got to say, Ohio seems to be my home where I'm going to be most useful to win souls for Christ. And, and, and no place I want to stay, I don't care how pretty it is or how lovely it may be or what amenities it may offer, if, there are, if it is not a ripe harvest field for the gospel, I don't want to be there. Lord, send me to the souls that need saving. Send me to the places that need to hear the gospel. Amen. Send us, Lord. Use us, Lord. Hallelujah. The gospel is good news. It's not good history. Jesus is not the great I, I was. He's the great I am. <laughs> a lot of preachers would have you think he was the great I was. Listen to their sermons. <laughs> Sit in their churches. They're going to they're gonna teach you that Jesus was the great I was. He was a has-been, not the always-been. Right? But no, Jesus is the great I am. He's the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and end, the first and the last. He's ever-present with us right now. Hallelujah. And he wants to fill and use every single vessel in this church with his spirit and with his power. Hallelujah. Lord, may we burn. May we burn and people come watch us for miles. <laughs> may this church be like the old Pentecostal churches where Wigglesworth once said he could see the light glowing for miles down the road and hear the angels singing of choirs and, 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 and the fire trucks would come because they thought there was a fire there and that people would come and try to, uh, this is a true story, that, 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 that the place was so ablaze with the gospel and so ablaze with the, with the power of the gospel that, that, that people came from everywhere. They couldn't contain the people. Amy Simple McPherson, who founded a four-square church in L.A., the ambulances would drop off the patients on the way to the hospital. I stood in that church, and up in the, up in the attic, they have thousands upon thousands upon thousands of wheelchairs and, 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 and crutches and everything that was left there as the sick were brought and laid all in the parking lot of the church. Ambulances would line up and take people there. Oh, do we believe do you believe today that God wants to use you? How many is absolutely convinced that God has a plan and a purpose right now to use us to win the lost? Amen? Hallelujah. I believe that. Now is the time. Now is the time. Hallelujah. Jesus, be lifted up. Jesus, be lifted up, Lord. Be lifted up, oh God. Hallelujah. Lift us up, oh God. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Lift your hands with me all over this place. Jesus. 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 Jesus.
Just begin to pray. Lord, send the fire, O God. Catch us on fire, O God. Power of God, fill each and every one of us, Lord. Fill this church. Fill our hearts, O God. If you're in here this morning and you do not know the Jesus that you've been hearing about, that you, that you know for certain that you're not saved, that you do not know Jesus, but you want to know Jesus, you want to be like these Greeks that came, that we, we want to see Jesus, or, or you want to come and you know that your life is broken, you're in desperate need, I don't assume everyone in here is saved or born again. That's a false assumption. If you don't know Jesus this morning. The gospel is as easy as ABC. Amen? Accept that you're a sinner. Believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord. And confess him with your mouth that God raised him from the dead. And you will be saved. The Bible says that whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And if you are not saved in here this morning, I plead with you, as God would plead through me, be reconciled to God and make your way up to the front of this church. Amen? If you want Jesus this morning, raise your hand. Lift your hand up. I see hand. Lift your hand up. Hallelujah. If you don't know Jesus as your Savior this morning, raise your hand. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Everyone's saved in here. If everyone's saved, that means you're a missionary. If everyone's saved in here, that means you found a purpose. You found your destiny. The Great Commission. It was Jesus' mission and it's our mission. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's worship the Lord. Stand to your feet and pray. Lord, I pray for a great infilling. Let's, let's just do that. Raise your hand with me. Lord, fill. Fill this morning. Pray this with me. Fill me, Lord, with a fresh endowment of power that I may be a bold witness for Christ. Fill us, O oh God, with tongues of praise. Fill us, Lord. Anoint us, Lord, to win the lost. Today is our initiation. Today, Lord, we receive the power to go. Hallelujah. Next week is Easter Sunday, church. This place will be full. And it's going to be full because you're going to bring everyone that you can. Bring them. That, when Jesus says, if I am lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. You know that word in the Greek, draw, means drag. It's the same word that they use in the Greek where they drug the fish with the nets up onto the shore. Jesus said this. He said, if I'm lifted up, I'll drag everyone from every place unto me. Hallelujah. The gospel has grappling hooks. It will reach out and compel those to come in. And you know what? We have the opportunity. Invite a loved one. Invite, invite your neighbors. Invite your family. Invite kids that, that you know aren't serving the Lord, right? Invite cousins. Invite the neighbor that ignores you. <laughs> you know, most people don't go to church, they say, because they've never been invited. That's statistically proven. 
this Sunday, invite someone because you know they're going to hear the gospel. They're going to see the resurrection life on display and they're going to respond. No one responded this morning. You know why? Because we're commissioned. <laughs> right? We're commissioned. I'll close with this, with this thought. The cross of Jesus is the mightiest magnet in the world. Amen. The crucified Christ is the mightiest magnet in the world. It is compelling. It is attractive. Good news is always good news. Amen. Hallelujah. Bless you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, you certainly can tell he has a passion for Christ. And we are missionaries. Somebody say, I have a mission. We are soul winners. And I'm, I'm telling you, people, people are waiting to hear hope. We need not be ashamed of it. It's for the rich. It's for the poor. It's for kings and it's for prisoners. It's for the bound and it's for the free. For the Jew and for the Gentile. They're waiting to hear. Don't think that you are not equipped to do. Don't think that you're less than what God needs. We want it to be God's grace. It's God in us. The hope of glory. They will never see Christ till we unveil him. Share him with somebody. And we're just going to believe for people to be born again next week. And for you to have new brothers and sisters in Christ. So I encourage you to invite somebody Easter Sunday. Just praise God. Don't be ashamed of the gospel. And maybe you've asked somebody the first time, the second time. Keep asking them. Just keep asking them. Hallelujah. I see Gary back there. I used to witness to him, it seemed like, all the time. And uh, never chained him. But one day he showed up on a children's play on Christmas children's play and I lifted up my head and here come Gary Bynum down the altar giving his life to Jesus Christ his son now is in the ministry his wife saved listen you never know what God's going to do preach the gospel praise God so Wednesday night hallelujah I'll be preaching and then Easter Good Friday man you don't want to miss it they have they got something going that you've never seen before, and I know it's going to be a blessing. I've already heard it, and I've already seen it, so I know it's going to be good. And, uh, but I'm going to be here to see it again. Then Sunday morning, 7 o'clock, sunrise service, miracle service, communion service, and then our regular service at 10 o'clock. I am so grateful for Jesus. I am so grateful for Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm grateful that I'm saved, I'm born again, I'm blood-bought. Hallelujah. I'm not afraid of death, and I'm not afraid of life. I'm not afraid. All I want to do is please Him, and I know that is your heart. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you that, God, you are unveiling a new directive. God, an old directive really resurrected. God, a new directive that will challenge us, that God will glorify Christ, that God, as my confession has been, this is my confession, every person in Shelby County will be saved. Every person in Allglaze County will be saved. Every person in Mercer County will be saved. Every person in Miami County will be saved. 
Every person in Logan County will be saved because of Jesus Christ. Not only will be they be saved, but they will be under teaching that will transform them. I think that we could just put doors in on the uh, highways, come into Shelby County and say, you're now entering into Only Believe Ministries Christian Center. You're entering into people that believe God for miracles, that believe God for salvation. And they just come in and guess what? It's got a hospital in it. Guess what? It's got a Walmart in it. Guess what? It's got a dentist in it. Guess what? It's got a urologist in it. Guess what? It's got a chiropractor in it. And they just come in and they just are touched by people's lives. Amen. There was a man in uh, Bulgaria. He said, Pastor Dosak, I'm a dentist. I said, okay, I don't want to see you much. And... Uh, but he was there and he says, you know, I have one of your books. We've uh, translated them in some languages and one was God's desire to heal you or 10 ways that God will heal you. He said, I have people come into my office and then I say, do you have appointment? They say, no, we're not here for the dentist. We are here for prayer. And he says, so I have to pray for people that are not even my patients. He said, and when they come in, they read the book that is laying there, and then they, before we start, they say, will you please pray for me? And then they give me a prayer list. And he said, so I have a ministry in my dentist office of praying for people that don't need dentist work. They just need a touch from God. And so he's preaching the gospel. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, here am I. Send me. God, Isaiah said, I saw the Lord high and lifted up. His train filled the temple. And God, he said, here am I. Who will I send? Come on, let's say this with me. Send me, God. God, we are soul winners. We are the ambassadors. We are the missionaries of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, Father, bless every family, every individual, every business, God, every home. Every child, God, every teenager, every young infant, God bless them. And then keep us, God, from all unrighteousness until, until we come together under the banner of the cross again. God, we love you, we praise you, and we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you. Wednesday evening. You were broken and torn. Your blood was poured out and redemption was born.